Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech, while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy nonstop routes to summer, because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to $3,500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, 3500 on 2020 row consists of 3000 cash back and 500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 7-6-2020. Little hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. You say crazy, I say Gary. You say savage, I say Shannon. Crazy. Gary. Savage. Shannon. Let's run that whole thing back. Who are these people? You say unbelievable, I say. Gary Hoffman. You say incredible, I say. Shannon Farron. Unbelievable, incredible. Gary and Shannon. Let's run that whole thing back. Let the games begin. Starting to get a little crazy now. Starting to take some chances. Starting to roll the dice. Since we might not all make it out of this thing. Uh-oh. And you see what Nick brought for lunch today? The the size of Nick's plastic-wrapped microwave burrito is astounding. People are starting to get a little loose with their decisions. They call it the bomb. They call it the bomb for a reason, Nick. There will be explosions. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a firework. It's huge. It does look like something you'd buy at a roadside fireworks stand and then light a small, bad wick. How many it's pounds big. is that? I don't know. Yeah, but, check uh, the label. Well, I got to run and get oh, it. Hang so on. Never, no, 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 I'll be right back. Sorry. I posted a picture of, of Nick's uh, lunch on our Instagram story. Mm. Uh, so if you want to check it out. Hey, did you know it's also Super Tuesday? It's Super Tasty Tuesday coming up. Neil Savedra is going to join us later in the show. Hey, can we skip to the part where we're saying things like, remember back when there was that coronavirus going on and all those <laughs> yes. people were buying toilet paper? Oh, boy. That's been yeah. the thing. I don't understand. People Listen. are buying bottled water and toilet paper. <laughs> like, like, how do you think you're going to need that much toilet paper? Well, I mean, it's one so, of the symptoms out. is, you know... <laughs> Well, it's, yeah, but <laughs> that is one of the symptoms of uh, coming down with coronavirus. I'm surprised there hasn't been a run on things like dude wipes because that's a I mean, just in terms of a cleanliness aspect, a lot of people believe that that's a more. You know, it's a do you use dude wipes? No, but I got some for Christmas. <laughs> There's so much there. And you got them for me for Christmas. Yeah. And I got some from my family, too. My wife. Gave, Are you having a cleanliness issue? I don't think so. 
I mean, no one's ever said anything to me. Well, she Although, gave you to wipe. Wait a minute. Now I'm getting the clue. Right. That there may have been a. She gave you wipes for Christmas. <clears throat> yeah. Why'd you give them to me? Well, that was a year and a half ago. But anyways. That's when you were still a growing boy and and yeah. uh, you needed uh, So Gary and I products. are in the same stage of life? Well, the head of the World Health Organization says that public health officials are operating in what they're calling uncharted territory when it comes to combating the spread of this coronavirus. More than 90,000 people across 73 countries and territories as of last night. It is at every continent except Antarctica. Matter of time. It's a matter of time. Now, we here at iHeartMedia have received our second email from HR regarding coronavirus, which all they're saying, and I'm sure that everybody else is getting things uh, similar from their HR departments, just, hey, just be aware of it. Just so you know, simple things like washing your hands, not touching your face 100 times an hour, not picking your nose, all of those types of things can help cut down on the opportunity for you to be exposed to and give yourself uh, and be infected with coronavirus. I'd like to have this conversation right now. Um, John and Ken both have capabilities to do the shows from their own homes. Mm -hmm. You and I do not. No. So I'm going to be with Ken and you're going to be with John if oh, it comes oh, hold on down a second. to this. Hold on a because second. John has recently been up in Washington State where people are dying of this thing, six of them. And uh, Ken seems to be very clean. And so I'm calling dibs on Ken's house. I'll do it from a payphone at Union Station before I do it at John's house. <laughs> do they still have payphones at Union yes, Station? They, they do. do. Okay. They do. Well, then I'm good. There's probably an 800 number or something I could call into and at least be patched in. <laughs> Jeez. That's, that blows, you would say. All right. And Dr. Anthony Fauci, you've seen him many times, the gravelly-voiced gravelly uh, short guy with the glasses, um, in charge of our response. I mean, Mike Pence is technically in charge, I guess. But Anthony Fauci is the guy that we've been hearing um, most about coronavirus. He was testifying in front of a Senate committee today on Capitol Hill. If you look at the now 90,000 people. Let me turn it up a little bit so that you can hear it and so that we can all hear Dr. Anthony Fauci. If you look at the now 90,000 people who have been infected and the number of deaths that have occurred, about 80 percent of individuals who get infected do really quite well without any specific intervention. Namely, they spontaneously recover. Yeah. Listen, again, keep it in mind. This is at this point. Similar to the flu flu in terms of how it's going to affect you and the same things that you would do to protect yourself against the flu flu are the things that you would use to protect yourself against the coronavirus. The NBA, for example, the NBA has been telling players to avoid high fiving fans and strangers. Do not take items from people for autographs like, hey, could you sign my ball? Here's my Sharpie you can use. Right. Um, um, fist bumps, air fist bumps are we'll way to go. Talk about what happened in Nashville uh, overnight. It was just terrible. I think 22 dead now from tornadoes. But the mayor of Nashville went on television and said, hug your loved ones, hug your pets, hug your neighbors, hug first responders. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Ah, they're fine. Let's not be touching everybody. They're fine. Now, now you're getting... I did not see this day coming that you would uh, surpass me in the race towards panic. I'm not there. I'm still thinking we're going to come out of this okay. But 
I kind of have the attitude of, listen, if it happens, it happens. You've always had that attitude. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, they are canceling a lot of trade shows, which is going to be a real problem in the sales community. Uh, it looks like a lot of companies are taking their shows online, but you're not getting that person-to-person sales contact that is so important in that industry. Um, trade shows across the the globe. Uh, trade fair is a tradition in Germany. There are at least 180 held every year. Now we're talking about a 14.5 billion euros from visitors and companies pumping a total of 28 billion euros into the local economy. That that's all going to be missed out on. The, um, the, the idea that, I mean, I mentioned the NBA a second ago and these trade shows are another example of how, there have been suggestions, although I don't think there's anything uh, in terms of a ban in the United States. There are suggestions that you simply avoid going to areas or places where you would have a high number of people in a confined space, whether it's a trade show, a game, something like that. And I think that concern is what's going to drive people away from those things. People are going to start hearing that, oh, I'm not supposed to be in a arena or whatever so people are changing all their travel plans and it's kind of a nightmare when it comes to the airlines and what their policies are coming up next we'll talk to somebody who spent all day yesterday on the phone trying to figure out how to cancel a trip because her company canceled its convention in germany Uh oh and how do you get the money back We'll find out. Uh, also, speaking of money, the Fed cut interest rates by a half percentage point today, and that surprisingly resulted in the Dow Jones Industrial Average tanking right away. It's been sort of up and down, but right now the Dow is down another 482 points. It's almost 2%. I have a little bit of a runny nose. Is that okay? I think it's just the allergies with the wind. Is that when you what- breathe in, like, do you okay, tell on. me about your breath? That's more of the... You feel any sensation like it's uh, difficult to breathe or you feel like you just ran in really cold weather? Um, I I don't think I'm the one you should do this with because when I had back right. pain, I, just suggested, I gave myself I know, kidney disease. I just suggested that your lungs hurt. So, you uh, may have pneumonia by the time we come back. That's from the fine. <laughs> Gary and fine. Shannon. <laughs> Shannon, KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You've heard by now tornadoes ripping across Tennessee overnight. They shredded at least 40 buildings, killed 22 people, a lot of damage across downtown Nashville, blown down walls, roofs, snapped power lines, cars overturned on top of each other. President says he'll visit the area Friday. Um, we have uh, also been following Super Tuesday. Of course, polls have opened in 14 states, including California. There are 1,300 some odd delegates available today, uh, up for grabs today. There will be, I think, it's 1,991 that are needed for the nomination. And with Joe Biden's surge in the last 48, 72 hours, the odds are. They will go into a convention in July without anybody having the majority of delegates. Somebody will have a plurality, seriously, but they will not. uh, The odds are right now that someone will only have a plurality and not a majority, which means 
Lots of fun in Milwaukee. That town's got to burn. Mm. We'll be there. Allegedly. 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 Katie Hunt is a senior national account executive for St. Michelle Wine Estates, and she spent all day yesterday on the phone because of the coronavirus. So we've had Katie on the show before, a friend of the show, really. She usually comes in and we drink wine together. Um, but uh, <laughs> ah! why did you do that? I didn't do that. I was Blake. <laughs> uh, Katie, you had a conference and it got canceled because of the coronavirus? Yes. Good morning. So Pro Wine is the largest uh, wine and spirits show in the world every year. And I had intended to travel with some customers for a conference there and to attend the show. What a baloney thing. Like what a boondoggle. I was going to travel with some clients to to go to the wine show. Are you heckling the guests? Sorry. You know your mic is on. Sorry, Katie. Go usually ahead. she just heckles me. Usually she just heckles me on air without me knowing. I know. <laughs> Defend myself. So, <laughs> so yes, it is somewhat of a boondoggle, but yes, it is a big international place where wineries from all over the world come and showcase their products, um, attended by tens of thousands of people every year. And Pro Wine has suspended the conference due to concerns, like you've been mentioning on the news, that, hey, maybe you shouldn't be in a crowd of 10,000 people coming from all over on airplanes and whatnot. So they canceled the show, but Lufthansa doesn't believe there's a problem. And that's where my journey began yesterday of customer service and trying to get a refund. So I had to wait many hours online just to get someone on the phone yesterday at Lufthansa. And when I explained what was going on, that the show was canceled, they said, great, you can cancel your flight, but you're not getting any refunds. And I said, well, that's fine if I'm a big conglomerate company that can write this off, but I'm an individual who paid that I didn't want to sit in the back of a Airbus for 14 hours. I wanted to sit in business class. I'm a tall person. I wanted to enjoy my ride over there. They were not willing to give me a refund on any of it, and they were also not willing to transfer like other airlines, transfer it to a credit that I could use at a later time. They just wanted me to eat the cost because they didn't believe there was a problem in Germany. So after multiple phone calls and multiple hold waitings, I finally got someone on the phone who at least would listen to me and had heard that the conference was canceled and got it waived. But I probably spent a good eight hours of my day yesterday trying to get this canceled. And so... That's where I feel a lot of business travelers are at this point. And, and, and I, what's amazing is that Lufthansa has, can, I mean, like most airlines around the world, Lufthansa has canceled some flights to and from China as a result of all of this, and still they gave you a hard time. A hard time that I bought a non-refundable ticket. I work for a big corporation. They're very nice, but they're not going to pay for me to fly first class. They bought a non-refundable the, you know, regular coach class ticket, and I sent my money to upgrade it. So they're not willing to return the money to my company, and they're not willing to return the money to me. I think we found a resolution, or she just lied to me to get me off the phone <laughs> after a couple hours of complaining. So we'll see if it hits my credit card statement. But beyond that, Marriott didn't want to refund, um, even though the, most of the, a lot of the people from the conference are staying at that Marriott. I had to pull my status there. I mean, my, my company wants us to be safe. We're headquartered in Washington. Obviously, with the deaths yesterday, they're sending out notices of working from home and being diligent and non, non-essential travel, all non-essential travel, domestic and international. 
has been shut down for my company. Has your company sent you anything about how it's going to move forward when it comes to strategy and sales and and all of that because travel has been uh, dialed back so much? It's super interesting that you say that because we've had a couple calls this morning about that. At the end of the day, sales is still done with a handshake in person, and that's really hard for us. Whether you're new into sales or a seasoned veteran, it's really hard to not want to be in front of your customer. So we're we're going to try and transition to some video conference calls. The issue being, um, like in any industry, if you're on a conference call all day, your ADD kicks in and you start looking at emails, you start doing other things and not paying attention to what's going on. So I think we're going to have to find a balance. And I think if this moves forward beyond a couple months, I'm supposed to go to another boondoggle Shannon in Italy in April for another trade show, uh, an Italian wine trade show. Mm -mm. And I think that's going to be canceled too. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how business travel goes. I mean, so much of domestic travel is done by business travelers. Even yesterday I was in Portland, that was kind of my last trip before the <laughs> before the sanctions came. And it's just, it's not great out there. And I feel bad for people in the industry who support it, but it you have to put safety first. All right. Well, stay safe. Uh, go get your toilet paper and your bottled water. Well, they, exactly. Don't stock up on those things. Stock up on hand sanitizer. And let me just say as a seasoned business traveler, you should wash your hands all the time, not when there's a pandemic. Like, what is wrong with people? Wash okay. your hands all the time. As, as a, that seasoned business traveler, are you a wiper downer? When you sit in that airplane, you, you wipe down all the surfaces that are available no, for your touching? It's, 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 yes and no. It's funny. I'm somewhere in between. I think I could lick the tray and not get sick. My immune system is so high. And someone coughed on me yesterday, and I tried to cover them up and smother them with a, you know, I would smother them with my jacket if I could. So I'm somewhere in between there. I'm always, Shannon always gets a text that I'm, I'm yeah. one flight away from being banned from flying altogether. Yeah, I think that. that would be best for everyone. One really. of these days we're going to do a terror <laughs> yeah. in the one skies. Of these days. And we're like, wait a minute. That, that sounds yeah. familiar. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Katie. Gary, Shannon, you guys need it. You guys need to be safe at the conventions. You, please be safe. Please wipe down and please, Stay away from big burritos that could kill you in the end. Thanks. Uh, well, thanks, Mom. In the end, I get it. I get it. See what she did there? I see what she did there. When we come back, Super <laughs> Tuesday stuff. We'll talk about who is voting today and some sound from some of these candidates, uh, some surprising sound, as a matter of fact. Um, I think it's surprising. Michael Bloomberg has an interesting take on what Super Tuesday means to him. All right. And Katie was the one who dated the guy that didn't have bedding in his 30s. If you were listening yesterday. Oh, that's right. The sleeping bag guy. <laughs> Beto O'Rourke returns to Who? glory when we come back. Oh, yeah. Everybody's waiting for that return. I totally forgot about that detail. (laughs) Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, At the top of the hour, we're going to break up some Super Tuesday stuff throughout the show. At the top of the hour, we're going to talk about some of the local stuff. A lot going on in California's Super Tuesday. Not just 
the Democratic primary. Uh, we've got the 25th district, Katie Hill's old seat in Congress. Uh, we've got the DA's race here in L.A. County, Proposition 13 statewide. We'll talk about that. Also, a terror in the skies coming up. Uh, not It has nothing to do with the guest that we just had on. It actually has to do with something we talked about a couple weeks ago. Remember the whole, uh, is it is it cool for you to flop your seat back in front of somebody and... Somebody actually had their computer smashed when the person in front of them dropped their seat back. We'll talk about that coming up. We were just talking about trade shows being canceled. Did you know that the largest technical cheese, butter, and yogurt competition in the world starts today in Wisconsin? What could go wrong? The 55 judges sniff, taste, and inspect Mm. all the classes of dairy products. Here's what I think we need to do as a people. And I... And I think we could start with just the two of us. Okay. We just need to be aware of how many times we touch our faces, right? I do it a lot. I know. Everybody does. Everybody does. But in the event that you see me touch my face, yeah. I lose a point. Okay. And if I touch my T-zone. What's that? It's this. Across the eyes and straight down. Okay. Like that's all your 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 main the holes holes and the eyes. Okay. <laughs> main if I touch a <laughs> if you touch any of your main yeah, holes. My holes are my balls, eyeballs that is. <laughs> then then I lose two points. Okay, how many points do we start off with? Zero. So we're going in the negative department. Well, if we go an hour without touching our faces noticeably. We get a point. We get a point. Okay. Starting now. Starting now. Ten thirty. So if anybody, uh, Layla, you get to play as well. If you see us touch our faces for any reason, then we, we lose points. Can I touch my face with a Kleenex? Like if something itches? Yes. If you need to drop a boogie out of the nair, you can get in there with a Kleenex. <laughs> Did you see what Michael Bloomberg was doing? I just lost a point. You just touched your face I already? I just touched my eyebrow with my Why fingers. Why would I just you do like that? Because I just brushed my, I just went like that. I didn't, I already lost a point. Michael Bloomberg was at a Uh, campaign event in Virginia where he wiped his mouth. Oh, I saw that. It's just like licked his fingers and then started touching all the food. (laughs) He sucks the crumbs off his fingers and then goes back into the donut box. He's out. He's out. That should be enough. Michael Bloomberg says, I think you're going to have a contested convention. I don't know whether you're going to win any. If you don't have to win states, you have to win delegates. And I think what happens here is nobody gets a majority. Best somebody will have a plurality. By definition, somebody will have a plurality. And then you go to a convention, and then we'll see what happens. Do you want a contested convention? Well, I don't think that I can win any other ways. I have no expectations for today. It'll be what it'll be today. He has no expectations for today. This guy has spent... Uh, just on Super Tuesday alone, he has spent like $150 million in advertisement uh, on top of the 300-some-odd million that he spent in other places. Now, CNN was able to catch up with him, and he made this crack about Elizabeth Warren. How do you expect to do tonight? Uh, I think we're going to do very well. Looking forward to it. Are you look- What are your expectations? Would a third-place finish be good? Um, you know, if there's only three candidates, you can't do worse than that. Well, there is Elizabeth Warren also. Uh, I didn't realize she's still in. Is she? Ooh, 
burn. Well, they're Sick not burn. friends. No, they are not they, friends. There's no love lost there. I love talking about a contested convention, don't you? We went through this rigmarole four <laughs> years ago when we thought we were going to have a contested convention. It comes up. People in the media love to talk about the possibility. We haven't had a fight on the convention floor in something like 70 years. Yeah. Uh, that's probably and, not going to happen. And listen, even if even if there is a contested convention and if we go right and if we're there, we're not going to see any of those inner workings. No, we're not going to be in that closet that was was home to uh, Debbie, Wasserman, to Debbie Schultz. Wasserman Schultz. That's where all the arguing arguing is going to take place. It's not going to be out on the floor. You're not going to have people, you know, with uh, maces and clubs going after each other. It's going to be just the weird political nerds that go through this whole fight and this whole process. That would be something, wouldn't it? Um, Yeah, it's just going to be people on their phones. If you follow 538.com, if you are one of those polling and statistics nerds, 538.com does a pretty good good job of dissecting and, uh, what's the word, condensing a lot of the polling information that we've seen. And... They had an interesting article today about the last, say, 20, 48 to 72 hours for Joe Biden because a great showing in South Carolina outperforms the polls there. Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar drop out of the race. And then he, those two, along with Beto O'Rourke, who you know got out of his uh, sophomore um, anthropology class to go to the, to, to go to the uh, rally last night for Joe Biden, those three endorse him. And he's picked up Harry Reid's endorsement, a couple of other big endorsements. Joe Biden is now trending higher than Bernie Sanders is. This was last night. I'm delighted to endorse and support Joe Biden for president. We have someone who, in fact, is the antithesis of Donald Trump. Joe Biden is decent. He's kind. He's caring. He's empathetic. What I want all of you to do is vote for Joe. And right now, because of that momentum, the they, odds they're calling are it Joe Mentum. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe Mentum. Mm-hmm. That's really lame. But but I'll give it to him. That Joe Mentum means I want to touch my face. The, don't do it. The most likely thing to happen is that no one goes into the convention in the middle of July with the majority of delegates, and that's when we get into this the issue, the arguments about. Contested convention, it itches now, doesn't it? My nose itches. Uh, Bernie says that is proof. All of what we saw in the last 72 hours with people coming to Joe Biden's side is proof that the establishment is worried. The establishment is getting very, very nervous. Yeah, and it's creating unity. They know that people are coming together to demand that we have a government and an economy that works for all not just the few. So we will get a little bit of clarity uh, today, Super Tuesday, with about 1,350 delegates on the line. But the finish total is about 4,000 delegates. So the story is long but over. Yeah, and it's going to get even crazier, I think, going forward. Because even if Joe Biden does have momentum going into Super Tuesday like he does... We've still got places where Bernie Sanders is polling a lot higher than Joe Biden. And those people are going to get just as pissed as the moderates got when he took Nevada. And you don't think they're pissed off from four years ago still? You know the thing. We hold these truths to be self-evident. 
All men and women created by the, go. You know the you know the thing. You know oh, the thing, man, Joe. Was that a moment. You know the thing. You know the thing. Mm. And it's all men are created equal. Well, he no wanted to be. In there. He wanted to be inclusive. Right, but if we're going to quote Thomas Jefferson, right? If let's you, let's quote him. Let's uh, let's keep it real. Um, but you know the thing. You know the thing. All right. We'll <laughs> that sounds like something we would say. A, uh, <laughs> like we'd start down that road and be like, you know the thing. And then realize we didn't want to misquote Thomas Jefferson. Right. And they go, ah, you know, you can look it up. Google it. It's worth a Google. Uh, when we come back, those ridiculous storms overnight in Tennessee, parts of Nashville destroyed by tornadoes, and at least 22 were killed. We'll talk about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Do you feel that? How cold it just got in here? Are they pumping in air to try to kill the virus? I don't know. I don't think cold would do. Would cold do it? John Cobalt says sunshine kills it. Oh, my gosh. Has he been reading Gwyneth Paltrow's blog lately? Stop it. <laughs> Again, I'm not going to his house to do the show. Yes, you are. I'm going to be with Ken. I guess we could both go to Ken's. Oh, yeah, he seems like he'd welcome us with open arms. Well, in the sake of, you know, keeping the show on you the air. You think that's what he's worried about? He's worried about keeping our show on the air? He called us fun bunnies, for God's sake. We are fun bunnies. I know, but he didn't have to call them us that thing. Super Tuesday. We'll talk more about local stuff for Super Tuesday coming up at the, uh, at the top of the hour. Uh, Timothy Hutton, the actor... The latest Hollywood figure to be accused of sexual assault. Uh, He was on a Fox television show called Almost Family. It's been canceled after just one season. The news of the cancellation came a few hours. We're not quite sure if it's connected, but you have to kind of assume that it is. Just a few hours after a published story, a Canadian model and actress accused Timothy Hutton of raping her in a hotel room in Canada back in 1983 when she was just 14 years old. Um, looking for a statement from him, uh, pushing back on that, but we haven't seen anything as of yet. Well, as daylight broke out across the Nashville area, the devastation became known, and it is vast. Uh, there are pictures that are just hard to believe. Uh, an airport with small jets tossed over each other, just complete wreckage. Dozens of buildings had collapsed, at least 40 in Nashville alone, I believe. The death toll is at 22, and search and rescue crews still out there. They started overnight, and they're still working. There was some discussion. Tennessee is one of those places that is voting, by the way, today for Super Tuesday. And uh, there was some concern that they're going to have to move polling stations. Uh, Those people who have been affected by this uh, may not be able to vote simply because they you know they're worried about their homes people in nashville have had several areas and i i don't mean just like roads i mean entire neighborhoods that have been blocked off as a result of this and if you know much about nashville there's a a nice i guess suburbia area that's just north of downtown uh north and to the west of it just a bit sort of a germantown area and entire apartment buildings have had their roofs torn off. There were there were 
four or five story apartment buildings where the top floor is just wiped off. Uh, I mean, walls that have been damaged, parking garages where cars and had flipped over each other. And you mentioned the airport as well. Just walls ripped apart with just pieces of, of wood where homes once remained. I mean, things that are just it took everything. Uh, schools, courts, transit lines, the state capital are closed. Damaged polling stations have had to be relocated. Um, J- President Trump has said that he will visit the area on Friday. This was part of a storm that spawned some tornadoes in Alabama, western Pennsylvania as well. Now, the majority of the downtown area, the you know, the Grand Ole Opry House, the Ryman Auditorium, the Convention Center, all of those have been unharmed, but... But that Germantown and East Nashville areas are the ones where some of these, you know, older homes are that were damaged for the most part. I Again, mean, I'm looking at a picture of a home that was lifted up and moved. It remains intact from what I can see, the overhead shot, but physically just picked up and moved like uh, Auntie M. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they said it was estimated to be an EF3. Those have winds between 136 and 165 miles per hour. There was some concern of looters, I guess. First came up, there was a couple guys trying to get in to already start to take stuff. So I'm worried about looters and what little I have left, I want to make sure it's still there. Uh, This guy lost his house. I'm just terrified. I don't know what to do. I mean, that was, I literally just paid my rent, what, yesterday? And I have nothing now. He said the whole roof caved in on uh, on his house. There was a gas leak that forced an evacuation of a building in the Germantown area there in Nashville. Dozens of people. Uh, just literally been carrying their belongings in garbage bags through these streets that are just covered with rubble. Schools are closed in Nashville today. As a result, Nashville Electric tweeted that four of its substations were damaged in the tornado. So they're looking at as many as uh, 44, 45,000 customers who were without power at one point early this morning. Tornadoes were spawned by a line of severe storms that stretched from Montgomery, Alabama into western Pennsylvania. They say one tornado touched down near downtown Nashville, stayed on the ground for 10 minutes before heading into Nashville's eastern suburbs. President is going to be there on Friday to tour the damage. He mentioned him today as well. We're working with the leaders in Tennessee, including their great governor, Bill Lee, to make sure that everything is done properly. FEMA is already on the ground, and I'll be going there on Friday. Our hearts are full of sorrow for the lives that were lost. Again, 22 deaths associated with these uh, with the tornadoes that came through Nashville and uh, other parts of Tennessee. And it could go up because they said they're still looking for people who have uh, been reported missing and may be in the rubble. All right. Super Tuesday local edition. When we come back, the hot DA's race, the 25th district, Katie Hill's old seat and Prop 13 all in motion. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Timing on your part. Man. 
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The uh, I do have some breaking coronavirus news. Oh, I can't wait. First of all, I just beat coronavirus. <laughs> I was about to sneeze, and I said, not today, Satan! And then I didn't sneeze. You are stronger than the coronavirus. Even if I do touch my eyebrow every once in a while, still down a point. Listen, if I survive that taco from Mexico City, I can survive coronavirus. Okay, well, I don't know if you would say you you literally had E. coli. Well, we don't have to talk about our medical history. You're right, but you just did. So uh, here's the update uh, on coronavirus. A person who died last week in Seattle tested positive for coronavirus, which means that person believed to have died at Harborview Medical Center would have been the first fatality. Okay. Not the one Friday night, Saturday morning. This would have been before that. So it's been been circulating even longer than they originally thought. Yes. So now we have seven fatalities in Washington state. Well, seven fatalities in the United States, but they're all in Washington state. And uh, that's not uh, it's not good news because it means that the people who have had uh, equal. Sorry, that that, I just touched my face again. (laughs) The people who have had coronavirus and tested positive for it didn't know, nor did medical personnel either know to test for them or think to test for them or even have sometimes the The capability to test for them. Right. So uh, it, it will we will see more. Now Stop touching yourself. Left. I touched with the back of my hand and my sweatshirt, you're, so you're that doesn't count. You're touching yourself a lot more than usual. doesn't count. It does not count, and you need to also not say weird. that again. Uh, the Federal Reserve cut its benchmark interest rate by a sizable half percentage point in an effort to support the economy. To me, this means... That they're freaking out because they weren't going to change the rate until I want to say mid-March when they had their meetings. So they jumped the gun a little bit on this first. And, and how's that working out for them? So far, not so great. The Dow's <laughs> down 922. This is the first time the central bank has cut its key rate between policy meetings since 2008 financial crisis. The largest rate cut since then. And again, yeah, they were supposed to meet in, I think, about 10 days. March 13th, I believe, was when their meetings were going to begin. And they jumped the gun on this thing. They're they're panicking. Um, you know it's bad when China has started evacuating people from other countries to go back to China. Mm. Uh, they've apparently been uh, airlifting people out of Iran and to go back to China because the uh, the outbreak in Iran is getting pretty significant. Uh, all right, here we go. Super Tuesday, voting in 14 states, I think it is, including California. And outside of the Democratic primary, there's a bunch of other stuff on the ballot today. One of the significant ones, at least being high profile, is the 25th Congressional District. This is Katie Hill's former seat when she resigned a couple of months ago. And there's actually two... Two races on the ballot. Two, two, two races in one. Because you have to, number one, fill the seat. It's been vacant. So there's there's two. Uh, you're going to have the same people. And this is going to confuse a bunch of people in the 25th district. You're voting to fill the, the seat in a special election. And if necessary, a runoff will be in May. 
And then you have the one to fill the seat for the next congression, uh, the next Congress, which would start in January. And again, if there's no majority, then they would need uh, the runoff, which is likely come November. But you might see the same two candidates in both of those. One of the most terrifying races, and we have documented it as well as John and Ken, is the L.A. County DA's race. You've got Jackie Lacey, who is a two-term incumbent. She's worked in this office since the late 80s. She actually wants to be a prosecutor, which is what they do at the DA's office. They prosecute criminals who commit crimes to keep our communities safe. That's the role of the district attorney's office. Uh, She has wanted to improve treatment for mentally ill defendants, which sounds great because when you start filling up prisons with mentally ill people, that's a problem. I think we can all agree on that, that there is some sort of diversion that we could do in this state for mentally ill people who would otherwise not commit crimes. We've said this so many times about the L.A. Times and how they have just slobbered over George Gascon. I want to read to you the description that they use for Jackie Lacey. Uh, You mentioned uh, that she wants to improve treatment for mentally ill defendants. But, this is a direct quote, but her reputation is that of a punishment first prosecutor. That's what I want as a prosecutor. I want her to acknowledge the fact that there are mentally ill defendants who desperately need help in the system. But I want her to punish people for the crimes that they commit. Listen to George Gascon's write-up in the L.A. Times. He is aiming to lower crime while reducing the number of people affected by the criminal justice system. So now the criminal justice system is happening to people and they have no choice over it. Why don't you just lather up in like an oil of some kind and just massage his Gascony back as you're talking about him? It's the most disgusting it really is slobbering a over this yeah, guy. It really it's ridiculous. And then Rachel Rossi, I mean, she gets oh, a yeah, throwaway right. line, but even this is, there. This is funny. Uh, she's a for, former, former public defender who says her experience allows her to better identify those who need help rather than jail time. Oh, okay, so Rachel Rossi is now the jury and the judge. Yeah. And I would say executioner, but we don't do that here. And listen. She's going to be the one to to decide whether a defendant is somebody who can be rehabilitated or should actually go to trial. And it may be, listen, it may be a minor difference because all three of those people have said that they have, you know, they're going to, they're going to punish crime, I guess. And they're going to try to find treatment for mentally ill defendants. It's just the order in which they're doing it. Right. And it it may be a, a slim difference in some people's minds, but a prosecutor, a district attorney, the job is to prosecute criminals. Why doesn't George Gascon and Rachel Rossi spend their time going into communities and making sure people are not forced into a life of crime if that's what they feel is going on? They want to retroactively just let people out or not prosecute them after they've committed the crimes. Why not go in and fix the root of the problem if you care about people? Mm-hmm. Prop 13 is a statewide thing. Don't be fooled by the number. People are – I think one of the frustrating things about voting in California is that people are so lazy. 
when it comes to stuff like this. So absolutely lazy. Prop 13 is the only statewide measure on the ballot. It's a $15 billion bond measure to repair and modernize schools. Um, And it actually lifts the amount of money that each individual district can borrow. We need to stop the flow of heroin to the state legislature. You got to cut them off. I love you guys, but I can't do this anymore. You have a problem. You have a spending problem. That doesn't count as me touching my face because I use the back of my hand and I use my sweatshirt. I'm just saying you're a lot There's no more coronavirus touchy on the back over of my there than usual. I okay. think you psyched yourself out a little I didn't bit. realize that it would be this difficult. All right, coming up next, it looks like the governor is asking the legislature for money to fight coronavirus. Steve Gregory will join us with all of the latest. Gary and Shanna will continue. a good thing we had a lot of say in that. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live yeah. everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You get a little testy when you're panicking over coronavirus. Not panicking, just washing my hands. Did Do you, you know how long it is to count to 20 seconds while you're washing your hands? It's 20 seconds. Have you noticed? Sing happy birthday. That's oh, what you I do. Think about Sing that. happy birthday when you're washing your hands. Happy birthday, Joe Kwan, today. Yeah, I was just going to text her. Um... Have you guys noticed in the men's bathroom an increase of people washing their hands? Because I know it's kind of a deficit sometimes around here. No. A deficit. Defi- not everybody does not it. Not everybody does it? No, uh, I haven't I, seen it. I do know there are. I've seen. I just don't understand why people are touching everything in there. Like, you know what? Here's some, I've done this on a couple occasions. What If I know there's a, san- a sanitizer kiosk outside. Sure. Sometimes I won't, because if they don't have proper drying facilities or anything, I will not wash my hands in the restroom. Sometimes the layout is not correct. Right, and I will go outside, and, and I'll just I'll just load up on the old sanitizer solution. That's okay. In lieu of washing hands inside. You don't have to explain it to everybody. Well, no, because I'm passing along valuable information if there's if there's a sanitizer out front. Is he one of the rumored ones that doesn't wash his hands? Oh, is Steve God. Gregory? No, no, no. no he's good. very clean. Um, did you know what uh, they're telling people to do in India? They're telling people to spray cow urine. That's not going to, that doesn't that, work. That will help. That does not work. That does not work. That's a very Gwyneth Paltrow-y style. Well, Did you see jo- that? Uh, John Cobalt yesterday on the program oh. said that uh, that sunshine can cure it. Well, well, it's, I suppose if you air out the right parts of your body towards I think the, the closer, sun. Well, I mean, he's on to something a little bit here. And experts say, you know, when you... Get close enough, it's hot enough, it can kill the virus. Mm-hmm. Just like a, you know, if infrared. you get close enough to the sun, yes. Well, yes, right. But also, when, <laughs> so you if know, you're in the space station, as, the, we- as the weather warms up, people are outside more, there's less close contact. I do I feel safer outside. Governor Newsom has uh, requested $20 million to help fight coronavirus, as he's confident now in the federal response that California has received all of the testing kits that we have requested. And as we heard yesterday from the doctor that was on CNBC, He's saying that we will see the number of cases jump, not necessarily because there are more infections going around, but we're finally getting up to speed when it comes to the number of testing kits that are available. Well, you were just on the call with the CDC. What did they say? What's the latest? Well, about the testing kits, a couple things. So over the weekend, 
The government did send the testing kits to California. They were distributed in a bunch of northern counties. But down here, Los Angeles, Orange, and San Diego counties received the bulk of them for the Southern California area. We learned from the call there are 60 new cases, and they would not identify which states those were in, I think, because we pretty much know what states. Because what the CDC is trying to do is they don't want to sort of step on the states because states are still individually responsible as they work together and partner with the feds. So there are 60 new cases, 22 cases are travel related, 11 are person to person. And then the other 27, they're still trying to track down how they contracted the virus. So um, those kits though, there's an interesting component to that. We found out too, some of the kits that were being distributed were tainted. And we know the CDC is investigating that component right now. What do you mean by tainted? They weren't going to cause a danger to anybody, but they no, were not capable they, of producing correct results? Exactly. So there might be like a chemical or something in it that might interact and cause a false positive or false negative, whatever the case is. So they, they're quickly trying to figure that out. Something else we learned from the call is that the CDC has now lifted restrictions to where it was only a singular vendor providing these kits. Now they're allowing commercial other commercial operators to build these kits and send them out. Problem with that is anytime you start to let that all go out, you're going to start having different levels of, of, of accuracy and reliability. Yeah. So the number that I saw was that they want to have a million tests completed by the end of this week. Was that a number that all that they were talking about? They didn't the- talk about that number on the call today, but they said that that, that is their biggest concern is trying to at least catch up. Right. Cause one of the things they did pretty much admit is that they were never ahead of this because they felt like, Things were not in place that should have been in place, and they were using Washington State as an example because they found out that there were some problems with the way the state was doing it, but the state up there says they were doing it the way the feds wanted them to do it. So there's some miscommunication there, and they're trying to track that down. But bottom line is the feds say that they weren't ahead of this or you know, felt like they weren't getting enough information quick enough. Um, do you get the impression from CDC and from this phone call with reporters that that, that- – period is gone i mean the period of catching up now that they are sort of on the crest and they can get out in front of this in a way that's no 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 because numbers of of kits are still not you know they can't catch up and the fda regulates the kits so that's another agency that's in the mix so the fda has to regulate the kits they're the ones that have to make sure the kits are done the right way and so everybody's working through the fda and and but with something on this mass scale it's just hard to keep a unified message uh, aggregating the information properly. And that's one thing they talked about is that, you know, they have to rely on states. States have to cooperate all together to provide the information. The important thing to know, guys, is that most people are not seriously threatened by this. Right. Uh, the director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases says the risk is low, that a healthy adult might contract this with little more than a cough or a runny nose but that it's the elderly. And we're learning more about those people up in Washington. Apparently, a couple of them, the underlying health issues were high blood pressure, obesity, which to me is not really a high, uh, an underlying health issue. You know, it's I'm pretty common. Pretty common, right. Yeah. But, but it's important for them to, to make sure that that information is included when we're talking about the fatalities. I mean, yeah. even, even, even the people who have died in China, we're talking about 3,000 deaths world, worldwide, the vast majority of them with people uh, in people who have had compromised health for whatever reason, bad nutrition, uh, working in a mine, smoking all the time, mm-hmm. lung disease, heart disease. I mean, there's a whole series of things 
that could contribute to the death. It's important that we know that about the people who are dying in Washington State specifically, since that's where all the fatalities are in the United States. Immunocompromised. Love that word. Yeah. Immunocompromised is a big issue here, and it's people that have had heart disease, uh, kidney disease, liver disease, any of those kinds of things, congestive heart failures, respiratory issues. Um, and some of these might be, you know, as a result of being elderly, but a lot of them aren't. So, you know, they always say kids and elderly always be be careful and be cautious because they are the most immunocompromised. You know what's weird, though, about this one specifically is that doctors have been saying the, the youngest, you know, newborns up to I think it's about um, nine years of age – Small children have had the lowest death rate for those who have tested positive. Yeah, but they're for carriers and they're spreading it around. Right. And it could be Germies. vast. It could be vastly spread throughout children, and you don't even know it. Yeah, right. You know when they say like a, a runny nose or a cough. What kid doesn't have a runny nose or a cough at any given time? I mean, it's pretty common. That could be the virus. Well, and another not to be all crazy over here but no. they could be carriers and pass it on to people who are more vulnerable well and the, the part of the issue here and the challenge and the reason the fed say they couldn't keep up too is the fact that you've got a 14-day incubation period as yeah. opposed to a typical seven-day incubation period so it's uh that's another reason that's time was not on their side in this case hmm. everything's gonna be fine. so wait a minute you're, oh, yeah, our, guy, fine, right? you're our coronavirus guy well, now apparently, apparently official so and it's just that they want me to focus a little more on it because the you know management does recognize that this is an ongoing story. The issue here is that we have to balance. We're, we're trying to give factual information. We're not trying to spread panic. Right. And the, the problem is, is that part of us telling you not to be worried and, and not to panic is part of spreading is, the in, panic. Panic yes, inducing. So true. <laughs> well, you, you, for example, we can't talk about the runs on um, uh, toilet paper and hand sanitizer stuff in the stores. It's a true thing. It's really happening. It's happening. But it's not to encourage more people like, oh, you're no. going to miss out. It's, it's just, a, hey, relax. Just calm down. But human nature is, oh, my God, really? And it's like, oh, Gary and Shannon were funny today. Ha, ha. About the toilet paper. And then they're driving home. And then they just take that off ramp. And they're like, there's Costco. And then they I'm go. Not. And it's just like they automatically <laughs> go. And it's a weird human nature thing. It's just like the survival yeah. thing. And plus, I don't know that you, you get the you get the runs from coronavirus. I don't think people got problems. And bottled water, Conway and I got into this last night. It's like, what? what's the run on bottled water? Well, people are afraid that they're they're afraid that they're going to like cinematic style turn on their faucet (laughs) and the water's going to be tainted with coronavirus. Coronavirus is going to be oozing out of their pores, like three amigos. You know, Martin Short goes to drink. (laughs) Okay, don't panic. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Steve. Bye, guys. Coming up next, the sheriff is acknowledging to the media that he is destroying or ordering to be destroyed all those pictures from the Kobe Bryant crash site. How those pictures ever got taken and sent out is a problem in itself. Ain't it funny how life changes? You wake up, ain't nothing the same, and life changes. You can't stop it, just hop on the train. You never know what's gonna happen. You make your plans and you hear God laughing. Life changes. And I wouldn't change it for the world. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The death toll from the coronavirus in the United States climbed to seven. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill are turning political, expressing doubt about the government's ability to 
have testing be done fast enough to deal with it? The Fed has announced the biggest interest rate cut in over a decade to try to tamper down damage to the economy. It doesn't help, though. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was down more than 900 points earlier. It's down 780 right now. Um, tornadoes ripped through Tennessee. There are a whole string of storms from Alabama up through Pennsylvania, but in Tennessee is where it was worst. 40 different buildings throughout uh, downtown Nashville were damaged, killing at least 22 people throughout the state of Tennessee. Um, Super Tuesday, of course, Alabama, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North uh, Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, all voting today in the primaries. Well, it looks like... The sheriff's department tried to cover up this Kobe Bryant picture scandal. The department apparently quietly ordered deputies to delete any photos of the helicopter crash scene because there was a bartender that complained a deputy was showing the images at a bar in Norwalk. He said, what the hell is this all about? Apparently this guy was, this deputy was trying to impress a girl at a bar. Nice. Sheriff says uh, here's the sheriff talking about uh, his disgust with the uh, the pictures. L.A. County Sheriff. Uh, that's Leanne Suter. That's not the sheriff. of the graphic scene. Wait for it. Here Shot, it comes. A punch to the gut. It's just a sense of betrayal. The sh- well, then why would you cover it up? Because covering it up amounts to destruction of evidence. Sheriff, you should know this. Uh, normally, a complaint like this would trigger a formal inquiry, probably an internal affairs investigation. Sorry, is that the with the red? You're laser? falling apart at the seams. You need to get it together. We're stronger than this virus. I've already beaten it. I don't care. Um, in the days after the crash, instead of doing a formal inquiry, the internal affairs investigation, deputies were ordered to report to the department's Lost Hill station and said, if you come clean, if you admit that you took the photos and then delete those photos, you won't face any discipline. Needless to say, Vanessa Bryant and anybody else who may have been involved, uh, touched by this crash, lost family members, would be devastated by this. It was only it was only after the L.A. Times found out about this and the cover up that there was any sort of threat of punishment. Now, you can't have your deputies doing this moving forward. And I know it's embarrassing for the sheriff to have his people doing this. But if you want to stop this from happening in the future, in this age of your phone's always on you and you're documenting everything, you have to have some sort of punishment for the people who do this. I don't think it goes to uh, deputies losing their jobs over this thing. But you've got to be able to suspend them. There's got to be some amount of... Of actual punishment in because who's event. to stop them from doing it the next time and then selling those photos or whatever? It's like the Astros. You're not going to punish them for stealing signs. Well, what message does that send to all the other players out there that you can cheat and you can get away with it? That you can document these horrific tragedies and get away with it? The the it's this whole lack of punishment thing we're in in 2020 where the, nobody's accountable. And there's no punishments. And punishing is a bad word. Sheriff did say, we have identified the deputies involved. They came to the station on their own. They admitted that they had taken them. They admitted uh, and they had deleted them. And we're content that those involved did just that. And he says, we communicated in no uncertain terms that the behavior is inexcusable. That's, listen, yes, 
you may have some embarrassed deputies who uh, had to come in and get their hands slapped as a result of their stupid actions and their idiocy. But you got to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And simply bringing somebody into an office and giving them a tongue lashing is not enough. Well, and I feel like it's because the sheriff didn't want another black eye, didn't want another bad PR move, because that's all it's been for him. And it's embarrassing when your guys or gals are doing this on your watch. I think it was more about him covering his own ass than it was about not wanting to get hand out punishments. Yeah, that's too bad. Hey, I mean, <laughs> when is he up for election? I don't know. That's a good Google. A couple of years. Years and we come back. Another terror in the skies. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the ongoing debate whether it's okay to recline your seat, not okay, do you, don't you? What about if you recline your seat and break the guy's laptop behind you? It's aggressive. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. No matter what we breed, we still are made of greed. This is my kingdom come. This is my kingdom come. the napkin too gary and shannon kfi am 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app why is shannon treating it like a spectator sport because blake if you could watch nick trying to put this thing into his gullet is he going full length just one big you ever seen a pelican eat a fish that's too big uh I've watched recently a video of a chipmunk trying to get a whole peanut in his mouth. Well, that sounds something like this. Yes, if you upscaled that. If, yeah. if Probably Nick, not as cute, though. Uh, it is not cute. That's for certain. Oh, man. <laughs> you put hot sauce on it? Ugh. Is it getting spicy in there? No. Ugh. It's just the bomb. That's all. Hey, uh, an update on uh, coronavirus. A seventh death in Washington state has now been attributed to coronavirus. And, in fact, it was from that Kirkland nursing home where the other deaths have been uh, found as well. The majority of the cases in King County have now been linked to the Life Care Center in Kirkland. They're saying that this person who died, this seventh death, was actually the first one chronologically. This person died last week, uh, Harborview, February 26th, and would be the first fatality in uh, the United States from coronavirus that we now know of. I think Brittany's going through something again. Which part? Well, she keeps posting bizarre pictures on Instagram. Is the ones where she's on the beach, but there's no beach in Vegas? Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Oh, she was just the bikini picture. She's posting like the same picture over and over and over again. And Mm. I just feel like I'm getting a... Bit of a 2007 vibe. From her? Yeah. Ah, well, everybody goes through things. Right. It's time for Terror in the Skies. Flight 209, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. (laughs) Well, well, well. (laughs) 
We find ourselves back at the old debate to recline or not to recline. Uh, Pat Cassidy was on a Delta Airlines flight over the great United States, decided to use his laptop on the tray table in front of him while he was seated there. That Unfortunately, sounds, sounds germy. What? Laptop on the tray table. Well, didn't Katie earlier today say she would probably lick the tray table and be fine because she has a strong sense, a strong immune system? I believe you just said it. We all go through things. Unfortunately, the man in front of Pat reclined his seat, and Pat claims this smashed his computer screen. And he tweeted, small note for the suggestion box. Maybe I have a little warning sign or some way to prevent my laptop from being destroyed when the person in front of me reclines their seat. I've reached peak annoyance with people who jump on Twitter to complain about flights, whether it's delayed or, or what's going on. Like, it, it's driving me nuts. People are going on Twitter to complain like, oh, I don't know what's up with Southwest. It's 20 minutes delayed. Can, they're expecting some sort of uh, some sort of response from Southwest, expecting some sort of perk. It's like, listen, that's what happens sometimes. Your flight gets delayed. Uh, Sometimes your your laptop gets broken because the a-hole in front of you reclines. Delta did give Pat a $114 voucher as compensation. And that's um, just perpetuating the problem. Right. I mean, they could have tried to replace the laptop. That would have been even worse, right? Yes. Uh, the uh, Pat then said, I really appreciate your flight attendant came over to tell me that the passenger in front of me needs to be able to recline and then asked him if he was okay, as if your seat hadn't just ruined my livelihood. I don't understand. I don't even know what would have happened had Pat leaned over to the guy in front of him and said, hey, buddy, you just broke my laptop. And now on my flight to wherever I'm going, Philly, for a week, I can't do my job. I'm still confused how the laptop was broken by a seat being reclined. Uh, it sounds like he had a pretty janky laptop yeah. to begin with <laughs> right. if, if that thing was going to do it. And then now, tries to go after Delta to pay for it. Because the Internet is both the most amazing place and the worst place in all of humanity, one woman tweeted, I sincerely do not understand why people are unable to gently recline backwards. It's not just laptops at risk, but knees, drinks on the table, etc. I Listen. I have not flown extensively. I don't travel extensively for work, but I've never seen somebody spill my drink as a result of them reclining. And I'm talking people who will do that stupid thing where they push the button, go back, and then they try to jam. Yeah, their they try to back go back a little further. Back of the seat to try <laughs> break that thing for another two inches of comfort. I trust nothing on that tray table. I just hold the drink. Because I'm, I'm more con- obviously, I'm always concerned that that, that that's exa- exactly what's going to happen. I'm more concerned about turbulence soaked. or just normal bumps in a flight that that thing's going to spill the Coke all over my lap than I am that the guy in front of me is going to jam the back of the seat back two more inches. Hey, we've got a brush fire burning in Norco. Wait, don't tell me. In the dry Santa Ana River bottom. Riverbeds. In Southern California. Hmm. It's burned through at least 100 acres. They're at zero containment right now. Mandatory evacuation orders are in place for those who live north of North Avenue from Crestview to California Avenue. Yeah, there's a little neighborhood right there with several dozen homes that looks like. Oh, yeah. 
uh, close to where the new, uh, the Norco powerhouse is. And I guess a lot of people have been sending us pictures uh, from all over the area that you can see this smoke rising pretty clear. I mean, there's not a whole lot of wind out in that area, I guess, but that has caused the smoke plume to be relatively tall. Here's an opportunity for us to speculate that this was started by somebody camping in the river bottom. That's usually the way it goes. Started just before 10 o'clock is the uh, the information that we got. Uh, smoke is visible in Riverside County. Uh, uh, there's smoke in, rivers, uh, smoke in Rancho Cucamonga is available. They're calling this the Man Fire, M-A-N-N. Uh, major closures are in effect. The fire is impacting uh, the 15. Incident command says the evacuation area is likely to be expanded. So we'll keep an eye on this again. Uh, an area of the Santa Ana Riverbed, right near Grulla Court. Looks like there's a gazebo engulfed there on one of the properties. Hmm. All right. All right, coming up next, we will talk trending right here on Gary and Shannon. Okay. I know we're trying to limit your panic over this. Okay. Amazon, Amazon is selling out of Purell, and what it does still have, the prices are astronomical. For a two-pack of Purell, it's selling for $44.95, and it's a used option. <laughs> There's a pack of 12 Purell selling for $591. You know what else works? Soap. Soap, soap works. works. Soap works. And I don't even think Purell is antiviral. No. So it does Lorox nothing. Lorox wipes. They could help. They help? Yes. That's what we use in here. <sighs> soap. I'm going to just go with soap, I think. This is going to be so funny in like four months when we look <laughs> back and we're like, remember how people went Why crazy? were we so worried about yeah. everything? Hey, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. We just got word a short time ago about what's being called the man fire burning in the Santa Ana River bottoms near uh, California Avenue and Gloria Court um, out there in Norco. They have called in helicopters to help as well. And we just got new expanded evacuation orders, including north of 8th Street, east of Pedley Avenue and south of the Santa Ana River bottoms. If you're in that area... And you could see the smoke or smell the smoke. It's probably time to get out. Don't wait for someone to come to tell you to get out. It's better to be out and uh, better to be safe. Super Tuesday today, of course, California being one of 14 states that will vote today. It is the biggest prize by far. More than 400 delegates at stake here. Yeah, and it's by far more than twice uh, what you'd get if you win Texas as well. I think Texas is only just over 200. So, uh some incredibly large stakes today. Joe Biden has the momentum. He right. got the endorsements last night from Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar and, and Beto O'Rourke. That was a big one. Blew the dust off of that we guy and got him out of the closet. Waiting to see what he was going to do. Nobody was waiting. Not one. Not one person was waiting for Mm-mm. Beto O'Rourke. But uh, but with that momentum, this could be a significant day for both Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, and it may you know may point us even closer to a contested convention coming up in july when they make it to milwaukee well we we said the same thing in 2016 talk about a contested election it hasn't happened in more than 70 years 
We it'd also, be fun though. It'd be fun though. It would be great yeah. because conventions can be pretty dull. And a contested convention would be dull, but at least we'd be able to say, hey, it was a contested convention. At least 19 people killed from this tornado. They say it was on the ground in Nashville for more than 10 minutes overnight. Several people injured, 19 at least killed. They said people, about 50,000 people still have no power there. Tennessee happens to be one of the states that's also voting today in the primaries. They're part of Super Tuesday. Some of the polling places uh, were either destroyed or had to be moved because of damage. Did, so, did you see be... the pictures from that airport? It's called uh, John Toon Airport in Nashville. And it's just, it looks like if a little boy was into toy planes and he had a tantrum and threw them all up in his playroom and they all came crashing down, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Uh, the Fed Reserve announced this morning an emergency rate cut in response to the uh, the downturn in the economy because of the coronavirus spread. So they trimmed the benchmark borrowing rate by a half a percentage point, something we haven't seen since 2008's financial crisis. Yeah, we had heard that this was going to be a possibility maybe coming up in their meetings that are going to be held in 10 days, two weeks. But they jumped the gun on this, showing how much they believe that Wall Street needed that help. Man, this has not – I mean, if you're going to use the Dow Jones Industrial Average as a measurement for the response to this, it's not been good. As soon as the announcement was made this morning, the Dow dropped a few hundred points and right now is down more than 700 points. Well, there was a man in Lithuania who is more worried than you are. He locked his wife in the bathroom over coronavirus. <laughs> Well, I'd be worried if my wife started showing signs of coronavirus. He found out that his wife had met a Chinese woman who had traveled to Italy. So you got wow, the, she's you checking should, all kinds yeah, of boxes. You got the twofer. You hung out with somebody who was freshly back from Italy over the weekend, but not Chinese. Not Chinese, right? But still, and had you, never been to Seattle. You mark that one box, and you're sitting in the seat oh. of a guy who went to Seattle last week. No, he brings his own chair. If that's what you mean. But not his own keyboard or microphone or computer or computer screen. She was tested for the virus. She does not have it. She has declined to press charges against her husband. Just wiping another. Just just a little short wipe down, just in case. Uh, Remember Fotis Dulos? He was the guy accused of killing his wife, even though her body had never been found. And then look at this. Look how low we are on Purell. Yeah. We need to- and then Michelle sent me a text asking if in this file cabinet we have a refill for our big Purell out there in the no, hallway. Somebody stole it. It's not there. Yeah. Somebody stole it. It's already Lord of the Flies in this building. <laughs> Fotis Dulos uh, earlier this month was arrested uh, earlier last month, I should say, arrested and charged with capital murder. Then he, you know went out like a coward and uh, committed suicide. It turns out that the murder case will be dropped, but the defense attorneys did not want it dropped because they wanted to be able to argue in court that he didn't do it, that he didn't kill his wife. That's how slimy defense attorneys are, because even when their clients are dead, they're still trying to get name recognition off a famous client. Yeah, Norm Pattis is the defense attorney, and he says, Mr. Dulos's memory remains stained by these scandalous accusations 
We'd like a chance to raise them in open court. Whether we get that chance as an open question remains to be seen. But he said this was not the ending we anticipated in the form we hoped. Norm Pattis knows that this story is still in the news and he can still gain financially from getting his own name out there. Yeah, Gross. Might want to stop in and get a haircut while he's at it. I didn't know that there were professional Frisbee players. You didn't. And I did not know that there were at least three of them. It's very serious. Uh, professional. I don't believe you. You don't believe me. I don't believe you. Well, Kev- Kevin Coulter, Drew Pyatt, and Michael Gannon, Cannon, sorry, uh, all died in a car crash, and they were all known as professional Frisbee players. Um, they said speed, inattention, believed to be factors in the crash. They played for the American Ultimate Disc League team, the Detroit Mechanics. Do you want to know how much they make? A season? Is this going to make me mad? No. Okay. Between $350 and $1,400 per season. Per season? Per season. Not game or match or whatever they call it. And they're playing ultimate Frisbee. They're not playing disc golf, right? Ultimate Frisbee, at least, you know, you got to run around a lot. Oh, actually. Uh Uh-oh. I found some updated numbers. An annual salary in the ballpark of 50 grand. I just touched my face again. You did. I'm driving. But that was more out of exasperation than anything. All right. Coming up next. What do you want to talk about? (laughs) It could be anything. Could be anything. The future of disc golf. Shellfish sex. And where it is (laughs) I can get my Detroit Mechanics jerseys if I wanted to. Did I tell you that I ordered an XFL shirt over the weekend? Oh, for the St. Louis Battlehawks of all things? Nick has likened me to a... Crack addict yes. on the street. I could see that. Uh, who used to be able to afford the good stuff, and I'm now in the NFL to the bad stuff. Right. Right. Yes. Or uh, last weekend, I was watching uh, television. Well, it was my husband's fault. He put it on. He put on that <laughs> game between Seattle and St. Louis, and I started watching. I'm trying to figure out the rules, and by the end of that game, I'm standing up yelling at the television, buying a shirt. You think Gascoigne can help you too? Battlehawks. The problems you're facing? No, I don't think so. Not gonna I'm beyond the system's help. fault. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together they can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member. Member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy nonstop routes to summer because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to 3500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. 
for well-qualified buyers. 3500 on 2020 Rogue consists of 3000 cash back and 500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 76-2020. Let's sing an anchor from the sun. There's a million city lights, but you know the I feel like you're getting angrier. Is that a symptom? I don't know. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Looks like the fire, the wind in that area around Norco that we've been watching has been pushing that smoke mostly flat. I was saying it was going up high. But uh, that was my mistake. I was assuming that that was why it was so visible all over the place. Turns out it's blowing through all these different areas. Burned more than 100 acres. There are evacuation orders that have been placed in the mandatory column. They do have man fire evacuation centers at Corona High School, Harupa Valley High, equestrian large animal evacuation at Ingalls Park. Man, a bunch of different places that uh, people can see all of the smoke. That's uh, UC Irvine, actually. Somebody posted a picture from UC Irvine. Because you it's can a see the smoke. beautifully clear day. That is true. Now, the, the good thing is, if you want to call it that, that the fire is burning in Norco near the Santa Ana Riverbed or in the Santa Ana Riverbed. Right next to that is a golf course. And they've got some... Uh, some water hazards there that are pretty uh, readily available for the uh, helicopters that are going in and trying to fight this thing. We know that some L.A. County units have been uh, asked to assist and some other agencies as well are being brought in. Again, it's called a man fire and it's burning near Santa Ana. Um, I'm sorry, in the Santa Ana Riverbed near Norco. Mandatory evacuations in Norco expanded to include homes north of 8th Street, east of Pedley Avenue, south of the Santa Ana River Bottom. So we'll keep an eye on this. Uh, this They're saying that most of the smoke, one of the people on Twitter that's looking at this has said a change to mostly white smoke from that brown-black smoke about 20 minutes ago, which uh, if you're just watching it, sort of a, it's a, a way to gauge what kind of uh, material is burning and what sort of uh, impact the firefight is having. The whiter the smoke, the better, because it tends to be less fuel, less uh, brush that's burning and more uh, steam, et cetera. They're getting water on that thing. We have three more deaths in Washington state attributed to coronavirus disease. The total death toll now is at nine. Now, the interesting thing about this, they're all from that same um, nursing home. Life care center. Yeah, up in Kirkland. One of the deaths, at least, was at Harborview Medical Center, which is back across Lake Washington and actually in Seattle. And that 54-year-old man, apparently the first person who died, was taken to Harborview Medical Center on February 24th and then died on the 26th. And they're now saying that that 
qualifies as the first death in the United States from coronavirus. They didn't know that he tested positive until today. Now, hospital officials at Harborview, which is a massive hospital, uh, don't be- they say they don't believe any other patients were exposed to the virus. But Harborview is working with the county and public health to determine whether some healthcare workers in the ICU were exposed while treating him. Of course, of course they, they were. were. That's, stu- that's stupid. Good of Lord. Course. Um, they said that there were two other deaths that we mentioned um, that they haven't announced the details of. And here's a key that I think needs to change or they need to find a way around this. Yeah. They're talking about this guy, this 54-year-old man had underlying health conditions. And that's why somebody in their mid-50s would succumb to this, most likely. Because the percentages of just how fatal this thing can be go up. Obviously, as you go up in age, but also go up when you have compromised immune systems. They're not saying what this guy's health conditions were because of privacy laws. Well, I understand that. But the one thing that you're trying to do is re- is lower the level of panic so that people don't shoot each other over Purell bottles and 12 packs of toilet paper. Maybe you let us know. The guy was morbidly obese or he had heart disease or he was a smoker for 30 years or uh, or or he had diabetes. I mean, there's there's other things that go into this that if you just tell us that nine people died in the state of Washington, people are going to freak out and think that this is an outbreak where people are going to just start dropping in the streets. Life Care Center doesn't seem to be handling this very well, as you could imagine. There was a woman outside there in Kirkland, Washington, Bonnie Holstad, stood outside this long-term nursing facility holding a sign. She's trying to get information on her husband's condition. Her husband, Ken, has been staying there where, by the way, more than 50 residents and staff are experiencing symptoms. Uh, He's been staying there because he broke his hip in a fall. He has Parkinson's, dementia, has a cough. She says no one is answering the phones. She says he needs to be attended to. What's his temperature? She's not getting any sort of answers coming from inside Life Care Center. Uh, In a statement, the facility says it's not allowing visits from families, volunteers, or vendors. It's also placing admissions on hold for a time being. Wow. Wow. Well, I bet people are really beating down the door (laughs) to get in there. Oh, man. It's weird. It's weird because I know exactly where this place is. I used to live just on the outskirts of Kirkland there. And to uh, to see all of this going on in that Totem Lake shopping center where they've been able to, you know, they were going to buy a motel nearby to isolate some of the people that have been uh, diagnosed with coronavirus. Q13 says that 13 people have tested positive for coronavirus in Washington state and that California has 16. Well, we do have people who tested positive on the boat. Oh, the, oh and that came, came over, over from the base. Right. Okay. But the ones in uh, Washington State are all believed to be community That's contracted. Right. That's right. All right. We come back. Swamp Watch. We're going to start with uh, the Bernie Sanders campaign in Vermont. Look at what's going on on this Super Tuesday. My eye itches. Don't touch it. Gary and Shannon will continue. I 
thought you were done. Just rehydrating, that's all. You know, it sucks the moisture out of you. One of Joe Biden's presidential campaign co-chairs says Mike Bloomberg will owe voters an explanation if he doesn't do well across Super Tuesday primary states. You know the thing. That's uh, Eric Garcetti, who's stopped short of just saying Bloomberg should drop out if he doesn't overtake Biden to finish the night second nationally. Oh, boy. Eric Garcetti talking for anybody about the presidential race. Yeah, like Michael Bloomberg's going to listen to Garcetti. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Super Tuesday is a huge Tuesday for people who are trying to be uh, trying to be the king of Washington or queen of Washington, D.C. That's where we begin Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Watch. 14 states, including California, voting today in the Super Tuesday primaries. There are over 1,300 dele- delegates available. And they need, whoever's going to uh, take the nomination, they need at least 1,991 to, uh, to have a majority going into the convention coming up in July. Who knows if that's actually going to happen? And in fact, with Joe Biden's momentum in the last 48 hours or so, it seems less likely that someone would actually have a majority Talk going about into the convention. Striking when the iron's hot, right? I mean, that's uh, that's a nice place to pick up the momentum. Yeah. Because remember, Bloomberg got into this race when Biden was seen as weak stream. And Biden's performances during the baits were not good. Um, a lot of flubbing, a lot of misspeaking, a lot of what looks like... A lot of what looked like a, a Westworld short circuit in his brain almost <laughs> during those debates. And it's still happening. I mean, yesterday was no different when he was at the rally in Dallas. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. It wasn't just <laughs> not get caught up in the was, details. It wasn't just you know the thing. You know, like, oh, I forgot. There was like that weird short circuit in the middle when he's talking about all men and women created equal and then he forgets. And then there's just a couple words he says. And you're like, what? What's going on there? And then he goes, you know, the thing. (laughs) Well, Joe Biden may have momentum, but Bernie Sanders is still definitely the candidate to catch. Ryan Burrow is joining us live from Burlington, Vermont, uh, where the senator and his wife uh, voted earlier today. Ryan Burrow, what's going on? Yeah, welcome to the Champlain Valley Expo Center. It's a few miles actually outside of Burlington. I tell you exactly where, but I don't know. Siri directed me, so I'm somewhere. And we're here, and the media is getting ready. And um, the event's going to take place uh, later this evening. A couple members from uh, the band Fish are going to be performing. Uh, And uh, as you mentioned, Bernie Sanders and his wife already pulled up to the community center in uh, Burlington. They cast their ballot. I'm pretty sure we know who he voted for. This is going to be a shoe-in for him, the state of Vermont. And really, I mean, we're talking. 16 delegates. This is not the end-all, be-all for him. He should win it without any problems. In fact, the only other candidate who stumped here was Michael Bloomberg, who threw $600,000 at this state for reasons... I don't exactly know other than just wanting to lay claim to uh, uh, to having uh, been in this state. But uh, uh, 
Bernie Sanders said after voting today that uh, he expects to have a good night. And uh, he kept his message focused on Donald Trump, didn't really talk about Joe Biden or Michael Bloomberg or Elizabeth Warren or anything like that, but uh, said that he feels that the energy and excitement and the grassroots effort around his campaign uh, put him in a prime spot to uh, to win the nomination. Uh, the the question was posed to all of the candidates, actually, at one of the most recent debates about whether they would like to see the person who goes into the convention with the plurality, if that's what it takes, if that person should get the nomination. And Bernie Sanders, if my memory is right, was the only person who said yes, because at the time, he was the one who was likely going to have the plurality of delegates. It may not be that way anymore. Yeah, superdelegates will start to get a little crazy. Um, there are a lot of scenarios that ABC is throwing out there as far as what would happen if this, then that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult at this point to calculate how it's going to go. Uh, what we do know today is uh, by tomorrow morning, uh, we'll probably have a clearer understanding if indeed this is a two-person race. I mean, what are the wild cards Michael Bloomberg and uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, going to do today? And where are they going to come out? And how much longer will they be in the race if they don't have a successful campaign? Um, but it was interesting to see over the last couple days uh, all of those people come out and, and kind of fall in line behind Joe Biden. And Bernie Sanders has been trying to play that to his advantage, saying that uh, that's the establishment and the establishment is getting nervous and they don't like the things he's doing. So um, while it may hurt, it may sting a little to see all of these uh, people like Buttigieg, like Klobuchar, like uh, Beto uh, stand behind um, uh, Joe Biden, um, he he kind of tried to make it uh, his case that that's the exact reason he's running, and, and he is not your typical moderate. He is going to uh, take this flag from the Democratic Party and, and run it progressive. Now, I thought that maybe the answer to Bernie's decidedly huge win in Nevada was these moderates coming together, Klobuchar, Buttigieg, Biden, uh, Beto, and I'm wondering if there's going to be a response from Bernie Sanders' uh, fervent supporters with their reaction to to the, to the moderates kind of all getting together. I mean, have you sensed any of that? I'm assuming there's a lot of people in Vermont that are uh, super, Bernie super fans. Are you sensing any yeah. sort of anger or any emotion going into this? No, you know, they kind of hinted at some of the things you were talking about before I jumped on about some of the struggles Joe Biden has said, even just, you know, getting words out and getting a message across. And they really feel like Bernie Sanders has honed that in. He's got the message. Uh, they, they feel comfortable with him. Obviously, they're very familiar with him. Um, but, yeah, it's hard to get a real um, uh, a feeling for uh, how this race is going here in Vermont, because it is very much slanted toward Bernie Sanders in, in his favor. Um, I, I think that uh, asking people people here uh, you know, could you support Joe Biden if he were to win the nomination? Uh, the one thing I have been hearing from majority of the people is yes, we want Donald Trump out, and ultimately, if that's the course uh, to do it, that uh, that is where, where we will vote. But there are other people who say, you know, I'd really have to think hard about it because I just I don't I don't line up with Joe Biden's beliefs, and and I I don't think that we need a moderate uh, in the office. Uh, we need someone who's going to uh, run this thing uh, a little more progressive because. Uh, they feel like there's been some lost time and, and some things that need to be enacted, whether it be health care, uh, whether it be climate change. And, and they think that uh, Bernie Sanders is the guy to do that. I'd love to see a breakdown of the people who would just stay home. You know, I, I don't see yeah. the people going out and voting for Trump uh, per se, but they just maybe they don't turn out. 
Yeah. Now, it could be one of those hold your nose and votes, which, you know, happens all over the country every single election, that's for sure. Hey, when do polls close in Vermont? Uh, 7 o'clock Eastern time, so we've got a little bit of time here. Uh, I can tell you that based on the numbers I was seeing, uh, probably about a quarter of Vermont voters, just based on previous uh, uh primaries, about a quarter of them early voted. So it's not like it was completely slammed at the polls, except for when Bernie got there. All right. Ryan Bro, live in Burlington. Thanks for your time, man. You got it. All See right. you. When, um, we'll actually, uh, so I guess it'd be about four o'clock. We'll start to see some of those numbers come in from some of those East Coast states that are voting today. Uh, we'll come back and talk more about what's going on on Super Tuesday, where Joe Biden is, uh, where Elizabeth Warren is. And I have some comments from her and from Mayor Michael Bloomberg, who, yes, they're still in it. They're still in it. Gary and Shannon will continue. This is why, this is why we this is why we're Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Before we get back to Swamp Watch, a couple updates. Um, there are now nine deaths associated with coronavirus in Washington state. They've gone back and decided that a couple of people who died last week did test positive for coronavirus. They didn't know it at the time. Those would be the first deaths in the United States from coronavirus. And they are all still associated with that one life care center, that nursing home in Kirkland, Washington, just uh, northeast of Seattle. Also, the death toll in Tennessee from a series of tornadoes overnight is up to 22 Several areas uh, just north of downtown Nashville that were just devastated by by these uh, tornadoes that rolled through. Um, the Super Tuesday today, of course, fourteen different states voting, and if if you look at the polls that came out in the last say twenty four forty eight hours, Joe Biden has a massive massive amount of momentum going into Super Tuesday. For example, he got these endorsements last night. I'm delighted. To endorse and support Joe Biden for president. We have someone who, in fact, is the antithesis of Donald Trump. Joe Biden is decent. He's kind. He's caring. He's empathetic. What I want all of you to do is vote for Joe. Um, That made Bernie Sanders say this. The establishment is getting very, very nervous. They know that people are coming together to demand that we have a government and an economy that works for all, not just the few. So the president spoke outside the White House today saying that the Democratic Party is working to keep Sanders from winning the nomination. He said, I think there's no question the Democratic establishment is trying to take it away from Sanders. No question in my mind. A lot will be learned tonight. And to that end, I say that the president definitely wants the nominee to be Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Yes, he knows. But I would say I don't know if I would agree with the language that they're trying to take it from him because I don't think he's earned it as of yet. I mean, today may go a long way towards that. Yes, but when you say take it from him, it makes people feel disenfranchised. That's true. And it stokes the chaos. There have been some problems at polling places. Of course, those tornadoes knocked out polling places in Tennessee. Um, There were scattered reports of polling places opening late, machines malfunctioning, and just hours – before polling was open in in Travis County, Texas, apparently they started learning that election workers were not going to be showing up because people are worried about contracting coronavirus. Wow. 
Because Texas is a hot. That's happened in California as well. Um, I'm not sure which county. Oh, Yolo County, apparently. There were concerns of coronavirus, so they brought in hand sanitizer. <laughs> That's who's driving up the price of hand sanitizers. Um, Michael Bloomberg, of course, still running and uh, on the ballot in some of these states for Super Tuesday. It turns out that uh, he has said he understands really the only way for him to get the nomination from Democrats is for a contested convention. I don't know whether you're going to win any. If you, if you don't have to win states, you have to win delegates. And I think what happens here is nobody gets a majority. The best, somebody will have a plurality. By definition, somebody will have a plurality. And then you go to a convention, and then we'll see what happens. Do you want a contested convention? Well, I don't think that I can win any other ways. I have no expectations for today. It'll be what it'll be today. So some of the numbers to keep in mind, we'll talk more about how this impacts Joe Biden in a few minutes. uh, Alex Stone is going to join us. He's been following the Joe Biden campaign. California gives out 415 delegates today, but there will be a total of 1,344 up for grabs Whoever's going to get the nomination is going to need 1,991 going into the convention. There's still a lot of work to do. Um, I wanted to do a side note, though, just a quick thing about political coverage. MSNBC lost Chris, Chris lost Chris Matthews last night. He went on hardball and made this announcement. Let me start with my headline tonight. I'm retiring. This is the last hardball on MSNBC. And obviously, this isn't... Pro- well, that's what he said. He then went he on said, to explain. He explains he, a little bit why. Yeah. Listen to this. A lot of it has to do with how we talk to each other. Compliments on a woman's appearance that some men, including me, might have once incorrectly thought were okay. Were never okay. Not then and certainly not today. And for making such comments in the past, I'm sorry. That worries me. What about it? It worries me because he makes a blanket statement there, and I'm still, I still have a 20-year-old son who has to grow up in this world. A lot of it has to do with how we talk to each other. Compliments on a woman's appearance that some men, including me, might have once incorrectly thought were okay. We're never okay. They're never okay? Compliments are still okay. You just can't make vulgar compliments. And you might want to pump the brakes on them in the workplace. Right. Appropriate not appropriate, but he's making a blanket statement there. I mean, listen, I kind of get the feeling he is upset about the fact that he's been either forced out or resigned early or retired early, whatever it was, and and is trying to make up for it. There, I don't, I don't, it's a bizarre attitude, I think, when the pendulum swings so far that you say compliments are never okay. Because that's not, that's not true. It's just not true. Well, and he's trying to rationalize it, that it was just compliments. And what I've read, it's not just compliments. Oh, it's, yeah, clearly. It's pretty vulgar. Things that he was saying. But then he ended with this. But remembering Humphrey Bogart and Casablanca will always have hardball. So let's not say goodbye, but till we meet again. Okay, that's a timely reference. <laughs> I won't miss Chris. If you're still making references to Casablanca and you're on the air, your days are probably uh, close to being done. When we come back. I mean, not all your days. I mean, your days in your position. Joe Biden has made his way to California to uh, to campaign on this Super Tuesday. We'll check in with Alex Stone following the vice president around. Coming up next on Gary and Shannon.
Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, the Dow ended the day down nearly 800 points. There was a brief rally of the Fed cut a key interest rate by a half percent. It was an emergency cut. They're not supposed to meet for another 10 days. Uh, but that did not seem to help. The International Olympic Committee executive has weighed in on the Olympics. The whole will they, won't they go ahead with the Tokyo Olympics because of this coronavirus. He says that the games are going ahead on the 24th of July and we completely expect to deliver them on that date. All the advice we've been given is that we can go ahead from the World Health Organization and other organizations as well. There have been plenty of big, high-profile conferences, conventions, et cetera, that have been canceled. And Alphabet, which is Google's parent company, um, their developers conference, the Google I.O. 2020 developers conference trade show, has been turned from an event that was supposed to take place in Mountain View up in uh, Northern California into an online-only convention. They're just going to meet around a bunch of computers. Salesforce and Twitter, both telling employees not to fly on business. Those are huge. That's Sam. I think Salesforce is San Francisco's largest employer. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, we've also been following the story of the tornadoes that hit through Tennessee overnight. 22 is the death toll now in and around Nashville and different areas. There's a, a spot just north of downtown Nashville that was hit where entire uh, apartment buildings were had their t- roofs torn off by this tornado or tornadoes that rolled through that part of town. 22 people killed in the state of Tennessee in these storms that went from Alabama or from Arkansas all the way up through Pennsylvania overnight. Well, Alex Stone joins us now on this Super Tuesday to talk about the Joe Biden campaign. Alex, what's well, going hey guys, on? Yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah, Biden's uh, going to be here in L.A. tonight. Interesting that his campaign uh, chose L.A., being that polling-wise doesn't look like he's going to do all that well in California. But they're hoping that between the endorsements coming from Klobuchar and Buttigieg, that maybe his numbers will go up in this state. He is in Northern California right now. He's up in Oakland. He a few minutes ago said that he believes that he will be viable in a number of states tonight. We'll have to see here in California, but he ends it tonight. The Baldwin Hills Community Center, Rec Center, is where he's going to be holding his uh, primary night party, coming out in front of uh, his supporters, celebrating whatever tonight ends up being. He says it's going to be a good night. This is massive momentum that I don't think anybody necessarily foresaw last week. He didn't do great in the debates, but with um, Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar and Beto O'Rourke coming on stage with him in Texas last night, he looks like he could make a severe dent in whatever momentum Bernie Sanders had going into the weekend. Well, it does seem that way. The only issue is going to be in states like California, where so many people voted early, was it too late? And will it really have an impact on those who already cast their ballots? We're going to have to see tonight. It would seem that there are still, based on the lines today in California, a lot of people who are voting, that there is in-person voting in, in large numbers. So it may make an impact, but he needed that a couple of days ago, a week, week and a half ago, when he left Nevada way down in the numbers. Then he went to his firewall state of South Carolina, and then there did very well. That may have helped him out as well, even with those who did vote early, that that, that was early enough. 
but we're going to have to see. It does seem like right now he's got a lot of momentum, but was it too late going into tonight? And will Sanders be able to take advantage of the the late help that, that Biden's getting? We'll have to see. Looks like Biden trailed Sanders in California uh, last week, according to the Berkeley IGS poll. And I saw you made a last minute stop in Oakland today. And it looks like uh, Jill is also in uh, California as well today. Yeah, she's going to be at the uh, event tonight. She is campaigning today. He is up in Oakland. He made a diner or a coffee shop stop uh, up there. They're trying. They, they want to, obviously, California, 415 delegates or so. This is a major hall of delegates in this state. Every candidate wants those delegates. He needs them. The, the California would be major for him if, if Biden could do it. Polling would indicate that Sanders likely will have a good night here in California, but things may have changed. There was another poll that came out on Friday by CNN that showed it actually was Sanders way on top then Warren, then Biden. So if that turns out to be the, the way it goes tonight, then Biden uh, could find it rough in this state. But again, you know, interesting, they're not going to a southern state where he's expected to do very well. Do they go there? They hold their election night party in front of a big cheering crowd and say, we won this state. He does very well among, and we saw it in South Carolina, African-American voters. He's expected to do very well in the southern states that are voting today, but they chose California for whatever reason. We had heard a day or so ago that they might go somewhere else, but it's set. Tonight he's going to be here, and this is where he's going to hold his party. Well, it's kind of about time, too, because, I mean, he's not a big campaigner. He doesn't like to hit every single event, but he skipped the DNC convention in San Francisco last spring. Fourteen candidates showed up there. Um, he skipped another event in California last August. So I think he spent the maybe the least amount of time here. I think he's only been here once. Uh, since yeah, he hasn't been here a whole lot. The one thing that we've really noticed in the last really week since he won almost week, South Carolina, and then when he got the endorsements yesterday, that his campaign events have been much more campaign rally-like. You know, in Nevada, if you remember when we were talking that he was holding his events at a dim sum restaurant and at small locations with not very many folks showing up, whereas in Sanders and and his rallies, they were large, they were loud, they still are. But since he's got this momentum going, Biden's campaign events have been much louder, much bigger. He's been giving very concise uh, rally type speeches, getting the crowd pumped up versus you know, long, drawn-out stories that he was doing, just talking to the crowd. That has ended, and now it seems like he's tightened everything up. He's getting going now. So it does seem like a different Biden. seems like he knows he has that momentum. We'll see tonight if it works out for him. Alex, thank you. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone there with the latest uh, from the Biden campaign on this Super Tuesday, or as Joe Biden referred to it, Super Thursday. Chris and Carlo is going to join us coming up next on the local races, measures, maybe some shellfish sex stories. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. You never know what that guy's you bringing. never know. Gary and Shannon will continue in a moment. Sipping on this 7 never been this close to heaven. Got a pretty turned up to 11, dropping on dead on the dance floor. Somebody better call a doctor. She's a little hard stopper. I'm talking breaking the one-nighter. 
so you feel it too. It is cold. Layla was in there too. She's cold too. Okay. She's. I have a couple of issues. I'm cold. Uh huh. But I'm also sweating. Okay. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Okay. And so I'm co- and I'm coughing. And, and our boss just walked in and okay. said, "Chris, I'm struggling." <laughs> I feel terrible. Oh, my God. For real? <laughs> like, I literally have 10 things happening. Poor Blake. I, I said to him, I said, I've been struggling the whole show. He's like, hang in there. I really am struggling. Oh, thanks, Dr. Blake. Oh, my now, God. Oh, no. Well, you're, you're, you'll fight through this. Yeah, that's fine. That's good. Oh, let me write you a prescription. Okay. I, he, this, I think this is what's happening to all of us. It's all psychosomatic. I did. Yes. We, we've been talking about this thing for four hours. You've been here the whole time. We're all feeling different than but, we did Yesterday, Listen, no, last, I really am sick. Last night, <laughs> last real. night after not talking about this for several hours, I felt fine. I felt fine. Yeah. This morning, I woke up, I felt fine. But right now, fine. I'm feeling some of that. Like it's cold, but then it's hot. And you asked me what to do. Like if I right. wanted to get tested, what do I do? Well, first of all, I'd call my doctor and they'd ask a series of questions about me and where I've been and who I've been in contact with and do I have underlying health problems? Of course, it's my doctor and I would hope he would know. Um, And then if they felt like I needed to get tested, they'd say, well, why don't you call the emergency room? Let them know you're coming and say that you're there because you're making this so much worse. I'm just saying, if you I want to turn this show off. (laughs) (laughs) You can't. Well, we could we, we can talk about Super Tuesday and then food. Okay, that's that might a good make idea. us feel better. Uh, Super Tuesday. Chris and Carlo is helping us cover the uh, the California version of Super Tuesday. Um, and what's going on? How do you feel? <coughs> See, I knew oh it. I knew it. <coughs> I'm good. <laughs> well, he could be patient zero right. because he interviewed the guy from Wuhan, yeah. which yeah, is a I've word ever, we haven't listen. used in a long time. <laughs> Uh, I, I've, I already have the antibodies, guys. I've, I've already like pushed through this. I'm good to go. I'll be on the front lines and uh, reporting while you guys are all at home drinking chicken noodle soup. You can listen to me tell you all about. Uh, so you've gotten it and beaten it twice already, is what you're saying. That's the way I roll, man. I like to catch things early. Uh, a lot going on locally when it comes to Super Tuesday as well. What are some of the yep. things that you're keeping an eye on? Well, uh, we're going to be keeping an eye on a lot of local races. So uh, L.A. City Council, as glamorous as that is, has a number of uh, seats that are open and that people are fighting over. Um, so there are a couple of council districts that I think that will be fun to watch tonight. Uh, one is going to be CD14, which is kind of like East L.A. That's going to be Kevin DeLeon, who, of course, had served in the state legislature. Uh, he served in a number of different capacities throughout his career as a lawmaker. And uh, Monica Garcia, who has uh, served on the school board side of things. So, um That'll be a fun little race to watch. I think also over in uh, CD12, which is way up in the San Fernando Valley, it's going to be a rematch of uh, the August election. It was a special election to fill the seat there that was left open. And uh, same two people, John Lee and Lorraine Lundquist, will be um, fighting for that one. It's interesting for a couple reasons, one of which John Lee is the only Republican on the L.A. City Council. And uh, this could be a chance for Democrats to take the entire city council. Uh, could be a chance for Republicans to hold on to that one seat. So a little subplot there. And then um, Council District 10, which basically runs down through South L.A., um, Mark Ridley-Thomas. You know his name because he's currently the supervisor of the second supervisor, second supervisorial district. Uh, He's turned out, so he's swapping over to City Hall, and he's trying to run for that. It looks like he's going to win that one pretty handily. The guy who held that seat in CD10, 
Um, well, he's actually running for the second supervisor's seat, and that's Herb Wesson, the city council president, f- f- former city council president, is running. They just go he back and out forth and back the city and council. forth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what happens. And honestly, if you want to get into the debate about term limits that people have had, especially recently with uh, you know Tom Steyer's been pressing that, uh, this might be an argument for a lot of people who say term limits are actually a bad thing because instead of people gaining expertise in a particular seat or a particular place, they end up jumping around all over like they do in California. I'm not here to say that's right or wrong, but maybe there's a little bit of evidence here. Uh, let's talk about ballot measures because you guys know I love those so much. Um, measure FD, which is the parcel tax, six cents on residential commercial buildings, uh, residential and commercial buildings up to 100,000 feet. So uh, if you live in a place where L.A. County fire shows up, if you call 911, you will be voting on this. And um, L.A. County fire's position is, listen, we haven't asked for a parcel tax increase since 1998, and our call, call volume's massively higher than it was back in 1998, and our equipment's kind of falling apart, and everything's on fire, and fire season starts next week. So uh, that's their argument. The counter-argument, of course, is the classic, we shouldn't have any further parcel taxes or bond measures or anything else like that, and we should get our fiscal house in order. Um, and uh, let's talk about that second supervisorial. Why can't I say that today? Because it's a hard thing. It's a Just tough one. Second district. Second super. Chris Little probably loves it. I'm going to say it over and over. Second supervisorial district. Uh, so Holly Mitchell, who's a state senator, she's running for that against Herb Wesson. Uh, there's another guy, Jake Jong, who is from um, up in Koreatown. And it's interesting because uh, there was a homeless um, a temporary shelter that was being built in Koreatown about a year and a half ago. And there was just such an upsurge of opposition within the community and I remember talking to a bunch of those folks, including this guy, and they're like, oh, we're, we're going after Herb Wesson, and we're going after that seat in city council and everything else. So it's interesting to see that play out over the long term and the drama there. But ultimately, this is probably going to be between Mark Ridley Thomas, um, excuse me, between Herb Wesson and Holly Mitchell. And uh, the candidates in all these races, they need to get to 50 percent tonight. If they don't, then it'll be a top two runoff come in the general election in November. So that adds to perhaps the popcorn-watching drama if you're at home and bored with the presidential. Do you think there's going to be a lot of people literally with popcorn watching the results of these local races? Yeah, Chris, man. Chris will. I mean, outside of Chris. Yeah. Outside of Chris. Well, uh, You know what? I'm going to be on. I'll, I'll be in studio tonight, so um, I'll bring my antibodies with me. Um, and I, yeah, I get excited for this. I think there are, I think there is a select community of, um, people like me who are kind of weird, who get excited for these things because democracy is fun to watch until it's not fun to watch. And it turns into all out revolution and we start eating each other. Well, I like sausage also, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I'm going to watch it being made. There's something for everybody. You know, you can transition. go home and you- yeah, but I mean, it's the same thing. Like it's good. <laughs> sausage is good. We can all agree. Sausage. Good. Democracy. Good. Uh, yeah, no, sometimes I, the I, you know the the first few steps of either one oh, of those I like things are the pretty dirty nasty. parts. I like the I'm dirty sorry. parts of politics, finding out the oh, backstories of the backstabbing and all the shady stuff yeah, that's done behind right. the scenes. I love that stuff. <laughs> Just know, like watching you know, sausage is, made. It's like watching. It's like watching. I don't know, like Netflix or something. The <laughs> real story of Aaron Hernandez. All the entrails. All right, Chris. Ooh. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck tonight. Yeah, oh, you're the too far police? Making... <laughs> oh, <laughs> not even remotely. Thank I read you. the book on too far. Later, guys. <laughs> Chris and Carl, and again, he'll be covering a lot of our uh, local races for uh, for Super Tuesday's voting tonight. 
You have a huge banner across your computer screen that says in massive letters, yes. Vi- virus traps America. Could that be contributing to the panic? Me? I think you should take down that website. Okay. Virus traps America. Lord. It hasn't stopped people from showing up to spring training baseball games. Do you find that us standing up has helped a little bit? A little bit. I feel stronger standing, not as weak. We'll talk food when we come back. Super Super tasty Tuesday? Tasty Super Tuesday. Which do you prefer? I don't care. Tasty Super Tuesday. Neil Saavedra in. I just want to live out the rest of the week. Studio. When we come back to Gary and Shannon. If only yesterday. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, the death toll from coronavirus in the U.S. has climbed to nine, with tensions rising over just how to contain this outbreak. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill worried that the government doesn't have the ability to test fast enough to deal with this crisis. According to John and Ken, we're going to be okay. They'll have all of the coverage coming up next. We followed the uh, story out of Tennessee also over the over the uh, course of last night and into this morning, the stories of tornadoes that rolled through. 22 people killed in the state of Tennessee from a series of tornadoes. Uh, the storm stretched from Arkansas all the way up through Pennsylvania. And there's a chance for some more tornadoes uh, overnight tonight and into tomorrow as well. Hey, Blake. Yes, Shin. What kind of coffee was served on the Titanic? I don't know. What kind of coffee? Sanka. <laughs> there's no. I realize there's no food joke that you can tell that Neil doesn't already know or has heard some variation. How about this one? What's the best thing to put into a pie? Your teeth. Oh. You want to do this the whole We can do this all day. All day. Great. Neil's going to blow all the punchlines. What kind of nuts always seem to have a cold? Ah, I know that one. Cashews. Oh, wrong I ran, I ran through it too many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I'm not playing that one uh, more time. Neil Savage, host of the Fork Report. You're in Saturdays Woo-hoo! here on KFI. Welcome back in. Hey, it's good to be here after John's been coughing everything yeah. uh, up in this very He's studio. He's like, oh, I was That's in wrong. Seattle last week. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm uh, walking in immune suppressed going, thanks, John. You Breathe. silly little freak. Breathe deep. <laughs> How can someone so small cause so much disaster? Oh. <laughs> Well, um, speaking of, there is a concern. People are starting to look at the idea of maybe some preparations in the event that they are either quarantined or that uh, society breaks down. And um, (laughs) I mean, one is more likely than the other. Um, But here in California, we've always talked about non-perishable foods or things to keep that that you could buy once every couple of months and keep stored as long as it's dry and, you know, in the right right sure. place and conditions. What what are some of those things that we would some staples that How we do might we just prepare have? for let's, the end. And, no, let's and let's just call it 
the earthquake preparedness yes. and not mention the C word. I will tell you this. The best thing you can do, and it, and it, it, keep it in a cool, dry place, and it will stay a long time, is buy a gun and ammunition. <laughs> because let me just tell you, everyone's like, oh, you got to get gold and you got to get beans because they're dry. No, you get a gun and you have everybody, whatever they stocked up, you have. That is bad advice. No, it's not. That is that is the main. If everyone goes nuts, then you have everything. You can. You're like not a problem. I mean, All right, let me in to your point. Oh, what's in your fridge? We were supposed to lighten this day up a little bit, bringing well, you listen, in and talking about food. And your advice is go get a. This gun. is right up there with washing chicken to me. Like we've all been taught to wash poultry, right? <laughs> yes. And you go, okay, okay, okay. I get it. If you've been taught that, but why doesn't? Why don't people stop and think? There's a major difference between good sound reasoning and reasons that sound good. So you go, I'm washing the chicken. Why? To get the bacteria off. You're going to cook it. That will kill the bacteria. You'll be fine. But and people bacteria do that. tastes good when you cook it. And then they get the bacteria all over their kitchen. So this is like that to me. It's like, what are you, you're buying water? Oh, God, are the faucets getting sick? Are they like coronavirus coming out of your faucet? Yes, the pumps that service all of our neighborhoods uh, will soon get a cough. Just on the chicken front, though, doesn't washing and patting the chicken make the seasoning, if you're going to do that, Pat the chicken. Pat it. With with the paper towels towels and throw them away. Okay, so don't. Do not wash it. Got it. What ends up happening is it splashes all over you, your sink, and and your dry dishes Mm. next and, and you've got bacteria everywhere. Yeah, you do. But you, because <laughs> you're filthy and you know it, you filthy little bird. Look at you, you filthy little, your legs in the air, you filthy bird. Wow. No more. Your breasts right there heaving, dirty little filthy bird. Big, broad. It's good to be back. Breasts. It's good to be back. I needed that laugh so badly. <laughs> but here, it, it it doesn't make sense. I will tell you something. We we all have freezers, right? Yeah. Open your freezer today. <laughs> you have four months worth of food in that freezer, I guarantee, yeah. that would feed your entire family and maybe part of your block. You're going to be fine. Yeah, the only thing that, you know, that would impact that is if it does get to the societal breakdown and, you know, basic infrastructure starts to crumble and we don't have electricity to keep the Oh my uh, gosh. Free- I'm just, no, I'm saying that the you don't. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. But I I will tell you this, and I think one of you guys had mentioned this the other day, mm-hmm. is that the good thing about this and it did it it worked for me. Good thing it's reminding us about disasters like real ones, mm-hmm. like earthquakes, and getting us off. Because I actually um, uh, have been putting together my earthquake kit and finally just got the last piece, piece which is the food. Um, and again, if you guys want the best food, although I don't know that there's a lot in stock right now, uh, Eden Valley Farms out of Utah. Fantastic. The food is excellent and will actually last a long time. But um, – it reminds you about disasters. That's good. Uh, what's what's stupid is, you know, getting a bunch of water because you think the coronavirus is going to come or things like that. You should always have plenty of canned goods, always have dry stuff, your pastas, your um, rice, your beans. That should be be normal. Fruit snacks, energy drinks are on the rise. Wow. Um, uh, asparagus. Hey. 
I don't know, chili peppers. These are things that are on the rise right now. I mean, you could have chili. You can have dried chili peppers forever. You go get them at your Latin food store, and they just rehydrate with all that water that you bought. Uh, and not that I would encourage this, suggest it, or even find myself falling to this you just level. Just your nose, by the way. Damn it! It's two points. I was in the T zone. Yeah, you didn't even catch that. Well, just below the T zone. I stopped looking. Is it okay if I touch your guys' face? No. No, 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 no. Shannon was quiet. I'm that's weird. I'm not she's no, willing to just she's willing to just roll over and let this virus take her. I I'm immune suppressed. I know. And I'm here. Yeah. And everybody's like, Why are you here? I'm like, I got a job to do. Right. Yeah. I got things to I'm do. Not gonna change Don't walk my in the same life. hallway. It's John. one thing to wash your hands more, just be cognizant, but I'm yeah. not gonna stop living my life over this. And you know what? People don't even wash their hands properly. Um, 20 seconds. Yeah, well, technically should be 40, but 20 ah! seconds will cover you, and it should be warm to hot water, and you should use a soap because it's mechanical. It is actually knocking the stuff off. It's not killing it like uh, Purell or something. It is not – it's mechanical. You're mechanically knocking these things off your hands. Uh, to get back to my question, I don't think I want to, and I don't think I would have to, but in the event that I did eat my dog's food – is there enough nutritional value in that to keep me going for a little bit? My favorite part of this question is you pretending that you've never eaten dog food. No, no, I, I have I an have. idea. So, at least I have basically what kind of nutritional value. Right after you mentioned Eden Valley Family Farms, I went to their website. I clicked, and then it says arrow error establishing a database connection. I tried to go back to the website. Still, it is crashed. Is not working. It, it well, I'll tell you, it's worth it because it started. It was working right turkey, after you said it, or their or their chili rather. Their chili has won chili awards, and it's freeze dried. I mean, it is <laughs> it is the most spectacular food. Uh, I, I I don't have an endorsement or anything with them. I I just really love. I'm their I'm just product. saying that's how many people went there. Well, well they well, should. No and more... I talked to the owner yesterday, and they are they are thin. No more disaster talk. We'll talk about Lent when we come back. Oh, great. Lenten food. Could be a disaster. Gary and Shannon will continue. Neil Saavedra, host Can of the Fork Report, like has joined us. Something. You to talk about unicorn milkshakes? Yeah. That was my nickname in prison. Gary Shannon, <laughs> KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The coronavirus is going to hit and I'm going to be holed up eating nothing but chicken and creamy rice that I just bought. And pancakes and pasta. And, yeah, pancakes and muffins. Uh, frozen pizza. Well, <laughs> if I don't eat this butter now, it's going to go bad. <laughs> butter will keep it. I'm going to put it all over me because it will keep the virus will just slide right off. <laughs> I do love butter. Neil Saavedra, host of the uh, Fork Report, has joined us. Uh, Lent. We're in the middle of Lent. And what? have been for, uh, what is it, a week now? Um, I, all of these places that are actually doing... Wait, tomorrow. It's wi- the Wednesday is a big deal. Ash. 
Wednesday. Yeah, so since Wednesday then, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that, okay. So um, are they really doing this for Lent or just that these restaurants have menu items that would fit into your Lenten no, menu? No, a lot of these times, I think you can trace a lot of them back to knowing that, hey, one, you have to have a fish option for you know people that want that. But they do come out of the woodwork during this time. And there, and I just forgot the name just escaped me. But there, there is um, uh, um, a potato, a potato taco that comes out around this time. That's fabulous at Mexican restaurants, by the way. It is really, really good. But it tends to be primarily around this time. Now you'll find it on some menus. It just becomes more popular, knowing that people are going to be eating less meat and uh, all of that. It's strangely enough, the belief originally there's a like this old wives tale uh that goes around that there was a pope who had friends in the in the fishing industry who made this decree so that people would <laughs> it's crap it's totally crap but it's kind of funny it's a funny, the pope's like, hey, it's a funnier version the, the reason why you you don't eat red meat is because they're land-dwelling animals they're warm-blooded and they're most like human plus they associated um it with wealth and luxury and often uh, I think it was Thomas Aquinas who said that it, it, it's related to sex. It makes people feel randy. And um, so they'd say don't have the red meat uh, during this time because you start thinking about God and not engaging in, in lusts of the flesh. I thought it was um, just because meat was a luxury. And so it was like that uh, is, be but more that's austere. Like, yeah, that's kind of the, the tie-in. But if you read Thomas Aquinas, he talks about – how sex and food are these things that people lust for. So the really expensive stuff, the stuff that tastes the best, stay away from, and that's meat. Sorry, vegans. But um, it's uh, he's like, and the Lord doth say on the twelfth day of the twelfth night in the twelfth year, do not eat thine kale. And the Lord did grin. Hey, Orange County Restaurant Week is yeah. coming up. Oh, this man. is always fun because you get to try all these restaurants that you've been wanting to try, and you can do so for uh, not that much money. The oh, price no. fix menus are super reasonable. They are awesome. So March 8th through the 14th, I'm actually kicking it off. My first uh, remote broadcast this Saturday is from the launch party out there in Orange County, um, and it's amazing. They do so many great things, including um, – uh, cocktails uh, and pairings and all of these things. Go to ocrestaurantweek.com, ocrestaurantweek.com for everything, but it's one of my favorites of the year. Very, very cool. Neil, um, just a quick last thing because we we talked about this last, I think it was last year, the guy who gave up everything but beer. We interviewed him. For Lent. That's right. We did interview him. You know, you, you know that actually came from monks. Right. Yeah, that, and that's what—that's the reason he did it. Now there's a Chicago bar owner who has given up food for Lent as well, and will only drink beer. Um, but it's not like he's only drinking light beer. That's as close to heaven as you can. Yeah, I don't know what it's. And it might help prevent you from getting the coronavirus. Well, if you're not drinking Coronas, right? No, that's not. No, I heard a, that that I, number was fake, by the way, that 38 percent, that report that said 38 percent of Americans right. have cut back on Corona beer because of coronavirus. I heard that that was just like a made up thing. If that was a real number, oh. I would be praying for the coronavirus to take at least 38 percent of just the planet a, out. Know. Yeah. A good I chunk, know. a good chunk of people out of the system. Um, what's going to happen to this guy? 
if he goes 40 days, 47, 49 days. You'd be surprised. So your average beer is uh, between 110 and 130 calories uh, for a 12-ounce can. Um, he's, how many is he drinking? Is he doing four a day? He said thought, in 14 days he's had 60 beers, so four or five a day. Okay. So right around there it looks like. That's barely any calorie. He's going to lose weight. He's going to lose weight big time because uh, a good chunk of that he's going to urinate out. Um, but he he's going to lose weight, and it's going to be the exact opposite of what you'd think. So the first piece of advice was buy a gun, and the last piece of advice is drink nothing but beer all day, and you'll lose weight. When you this put is all my beer. thoughts I like into a nutshell, meal. Yeah. that's what it is. the The thoughts in a nutshell is, hey, listen, I've kissed death, man. I've been there on the right. edge. Okay, right. I had to have an angel come save me with her kidney. God bless you, Julie. And I've seen it. So I only speak the truth now. I'm like Petros without spitting. Guns and beer. John and Ken show coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. Be sure to be with us next time for further adventures of Gary and Shannon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard. This summer, we'll be traveling at an altitude of approximately two feet in a brand new Nissan. We invite you to enjoy the available panoramic views, premium seats in all rows, and connected tech while avoiding baggage fees, layovers, and neck pillows. So fasten your seatbelts and enjoy nonstop routes to summer because the best way to travel this season is in a new Nissan. And now is the best time to buy at the Nissan 4th of July sales event. Save up to 3500 on the 2020 Nissan Rogue or get 0% APR financing on 13 models. Nissan, innovation that excites. For well-qualified buyers, 3500 on 2020 Rogue consists of 3000 cash back and 500 bonus cash. Available on purchase. Must purchase from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer and safety information details. Offers in 76 2020